Greetings, friends and family, and a very happy Easter to you. It is the weekend of Sunday, Easter Sunday, April the 17th. We're going to be looking at, of course, the resurrection of Christ, and today we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, some selected verses. I'm reading this from the NIV, the resurrection of Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Listen, I'll tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up. In victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Throughout history, words, some words, have inspired hope, comforted the grieving, motivated others to reach out for new heights. Words such as Lincoln's Gettysburg Address or perhaps the preamble from the Declaration of Independence. Martin Luther ignited the Protestant Reformation with his famous declaration, Here I Stand. Jonathan Edwards lit revival of the Great Awakening with his sermon, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. FDR's radio address on a day that has lived in infamy, called for courage to overcome fear, rallied support for America to enter a world war. But all of the words ever spoken, all of the words ever spoken, none have echoed through the ages and actually changed the course of history as the words spoken by an angel at an empty grave. He is not here. He is risen. This Easter Sunday, we turn our attention, of course, to the resurrection. And while every Sunday worship service is a testimony that Jesus did, in fact, rise from the dead, Easter Sunday gives us an opportunity to consider the significance of the resurrection to, uh, to our faith and to what we, we really believe. An interesting aspect of early Christian history is that it was the resurrection, not the cross, that was the central theme of of Christian preaching. 
You see, many contemporary Christians assume that the cross has always been the focal point of Christian faith. It's, it's as if sometimes I think we forget and we view the cross as the touchdown and somehow the resurrection is maybe the extra point. And obviously the cross is vital. It, it, it's, that, it's that deplorable, beautiful uh, event because it, it was the means through which Jesus, the Lord of the universe, would atone for our sins. It's how he won us back to a holy God. But listen to Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 15. If Christ has not been raised, well, then our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. If Christ has not been raised, then we are still in our sins. You see, the early believers saw themselves as witnesses to the resurrection. That's Acts chapter 1. Peter and John created an uproar because they were preaching about Jesus and the resurrection in Acts chapter 4. The Bible says that with great power, the, the apostles the testified to the resurrection. And several years after the crucifixion, while preaching in Athens, Paul preached the good news about Jesus and the resurrection, Acts 17, 18. Chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians is this incredible passage of encouragement and hope. It provides comfort to those who are grieving, but, but it reveals to us Jesus, the mighty conqueror who removes the sting of death and promises a holy transformation from simple flesh and bones to, to the immortal spiritual condition of union with a holy God. It, it presents the grand and the glorious promises in a very logical order and progression as this gift from the resurrected Savior. Because Jesus rose from the dead, he is able to make and to keep the promises recorded, not only in that chapter, but in all of Scripture. You see, here's what the resurrection does. It does so many things, but we're going to talk about a couple today. First of all, the resurrection proclaims Jesus's lordship. The resurrection proclaims the deity of Christ. His death on on the cross may have accomplished our redemption as he paid for the sins of the world, but it did not prove to the world that Christ was God in the flesh. You see, some view the crucifixion as this honorable sacrifice made by a gifted teacher. Others would point out or point to the cross as a failure of Jesus to demonstrate his power, like the thief who mocked Jesus saying, hey, if you're the Messiah, then get us down from here. Critics view the cross as an insignificant death. They see Jesus as one of many who rebelled against the Roman Empire, um, who was an enemy of the state, and then suffered the consequences. But the Bible, the scripture paints a completely different picture. The crucifixion was not a tragedy. It was a triumph as illustrated and declared by the resurrection. Jesus was not a victim. He was a volunteer. And Paul declared that the resurrection proved that Jesus was the son of God. Romans 1, 4. And in this this text of 1 Corinthians 15, we read that, that Jesus conquers all enemies and destroys all all dominion and the hands and then hands the kingdom over to God the Father verses 24 through 27 of first Corinthians uh, 15 you see everything is under the authority of Jesus Christ because of the resurrection others have made claims of deity they are however all dead or they will be 
But this tomb, the tomb of Jesus is empty. Jesus is alive. He is the Holy Son of God who is worthy to receive glory, honor, and praise. He is risen. He is risen indeed. The second thing that the, that the resurrection does is that it promotes, it promotes our dignity. We, we look at the pronoun used in verses 20 through 23, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him. Do we catch those, those pronouns? Those who have fallen asleep and those who belong to him. Who are, who are those? Who are the those? Well, we don't know who they are by name. We know what they did. They placed their faith in Christ as the Savior of the world and therefore belonged to Christ or died in Christ. Those refers to ordinary people like you and me. The those like us have collided with Jesus at this intersection in life and have accepted the invitation, the gift of eternal life. We are the, the whosoever's of the world. Eternal life is real. We can experience it. The kingdom is here. It is, it is the yet and the not yet, but the kingdom is here. All who call on the name of the Lord can be saved. Men, women, young, old, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, Republicans, Democrats, the good and the bad. You see, we're all welcome in the family of God. Thanks be to Jesus because of the resurrection. Jesus died for our sin and rose again to prove his sacrifice was not in vain. He is alive to declare to you and to me and to the world that we are a unique creation of God with a significant role to play in his kingdom. You and I are, are one of the those precious souls who are too many to name, but considered to be the fruit or the blessing of the resurrection. The third thing that the resurrection does is that it protects against despair. Verse 19 says that without the resurrection, we should be pitied more than all men. Then in verse 32, we read that without the resurrection, we should just eat, drink, and die. But Jesus is alive, and, and he protects against a life of despair and of selfish indulgence. The resurrection communicates a higher purpose. You see, we understand that we are loved by the creator who has gone to great lengths to communicate his love. The resurrection reminds us that trials are temporary. We may have to carry a cross for a short time, but there's a resurrection into eternal glory. Despair is like this locked door, keeping somebody trapped in a, in a room of pain. Hope remains at this unreachable distance behind that locked door, but the resurrection kicks open the door to freedom, to peace, to hope, and to a better future. And fourthly, the resurrection prepares our future. Verses 24 declares, the end will come. The resurrection is the guarantee that the promises of Jesus Christ are true. Jesus declared that he was going away to prepare a place for his followers, John 14, 1 through 6. And he promised that he would return. The end is coming when 
all will stand before the judgment seat of Jesus. Those who have been who have received Jesus's offer of eternal life will be made alive, as proclaimed in, in verse 22, while those who reject Jesus will experience an eternal death, separation. The resurrection is an invitation to receive what Jesus has prepared for us. His offer of eternal life is a gift that that has to be received. So what have we done with our invitation? Jesus is alive and he's calling for us to receive him today. Would you be free from power of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you've believed in vain. For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. Amen. God bless and happy Easter.